0: And welcome to the Friday edition of Winners and Winers Radio. I am your host, Scott Steen, lead handicapper over at winnersandwiners.com. And I'm your co host,
1: Scott Rochelle, senior handicapper over winnersandwiners.com.
0: And together we make up Winners and Winers Radio. Give us an hour and we'll give you the winners because that's what we do around here, Scott. How'd your day go? Overall, not great. My fantasy day
1: went pretty well because I have Terry McLaurin, but for my play of the day, I had. An over in baseball, which lost by a hook, beat a full one-run line move, and both teams combined three for 21 with runners in scoring position.
0: Mm, that sounds like the Royals game, buddy. I
1: believe it was the Royals game. That was definitely a loss that I read perfectly, should have got there, gets there about nine times out of ten. Twenty-one at bats with people on base in scoring position. Come on, you, you got to get more than three hits.
0: All you need is one more, buddy.
1: Yep, all you need is one. I didn't get it.
0: That's brutal. Yeah, we had a we had a brutal day on the football side too. We lost we lost everything in sight. Um, had the uh, had Washington minus the points. Had the under. Had the uh, Ohio Bobcats. Had the under. Or had the yeah just brutal all the way around so
1: well the under we'll get into in a second that was brutal in itself but it was yeah definitely a annoying day on the gridiron had a couple props uh that i ended up not betting unfortunately because I hit all the props in my head. I didn't bet any of them. So nobody makes any money from that. I hit
0: all the props in my head. In Scott, I did. And Scotland. Did I Daniel I ruled Jones
1: it. score first touchdown I had in my head? McLaurin over. 14, 14
0: to 1. You had that play tucked away, did you? At 14 to 1. I actually one? did. Yeah. Something
1: about a primetime angle on a mobile quarterback scoring first. I remember that was profitable last year, but ended up not mattering. I ended up doing, a, uh, I had some work to take care of. So it slipped my mind and I missed out on potential profit. So Happened. it doesn't matter. Makes me feel better, I guess, because I didn't fail completely. Right. Only partially.
0: So I lost every bet in sight today. You think that would be the worst thing that happened to me? But it actually wasn't. I'm making breakfast this morning. My wife is gone. She's out running errands, whatever. She has this... uh, We live in an apartment, of course. So my wife has a... She actually kind of runs the community garden. She kind of got roped into it. But anyway, she grows stuff at the community garden. People give her things. So people have been giving her peppers. And she brings these little sweet peppers home. And I usually cut up one put it in with my uh, my hash browns or my eggs have a little delicious breakfast so I cut one up today and Scott lo and behold it was a ghost pepper which I'd never had before but I cut up the entire thing put it in with my hash browns and it was brutal I also went to scratch the inside of my nose that was on fire for about two hours in fact I'm still my nose is still running and it's been like it's been over I don't know 15 16 hours, whatever it's been it's just Ridiculous. So, that was the worst thing that happened to me today, and yeah, I lost a ton of money, and that wasn't even the worst thing. So, just not my best Thursday is what I'm saying to you.
1: I heard that whenever you're on fire, you should try stop dropping and rolling. Did yeah. you
0: try that? Oh my god, dude! I just couldn't. I couldn't figure it out because I, I'd had these peppers all the time. I'm like, what is wrong with me? I, I kept because I'm like, my heart's pounding and I'm just like sweating. I'm like, what in the world? And just, just brutal. Just, are you a spicy food guy? You like spicy food?
1: I like spicy food. I've never had a ghost pepper before. Though, no. I've, so I can't attest to how spicy that actually is. I do like kick with my food.
0: Yeah, I do I do too. Like I've had, I've been to places where you have like the ghost pepper sauce where, you, you know, they dilute it and they put a little spicy sauce. And yeah, it's good. But this is just pure agony, my friend. Pure. So what's,
1: the, what's the hottest type of pepper you'll go? Like habanero?
0: Um, I will eat uh some habaneros, yes. Uh, I will okay. eat a little, little habanero on my... I learned it from I used to have a a, a card game that I hosted for some uh, gentlemen that were here that that coming from Mexico and I used to put out a spread every week and when I'd put out sandwiches I they would ask me for, for habaneros and I just cut them up and they would just load their sandwiches up with like a couple of habaneros incredible incredible things mm-hmm. You a whole can you eat a whole habanero?
1: I have. have you? I can't say that I've done it for fun. Yeah. I just do it, you know, if I'm if I'm just hungry or desperately hungry, or if I even know somebody dares me to do it every now and then i'll I'll take a whole bite just, of one, but I, I do not do it often.
0: I can't even imagine how hungry you'd have to be because you know you're not gonna get your you're not gonna get your satisfaction from eating a a pepper, but See,
1: but the way that it works is that if
0: you eat one of those peppers, the amount of water weight you lose through right?
1: sweating is tremendous. I totally
0: believe that. I I, t- I totally believe that. I, I sweat for like an hour and a half, and then I peed for the rest of the day because I had drunk so water. Call it a
1: cleanse. I think that's what they should call it.
0: <laughs> I, I had a pepper cleanse. All right. Oh, I think there's a couple people that could have used a pepper cleanse yesterday, Scott. So let's get to it, man. It's the Friday edition. Let's find out who took it in the shorts besides us. Um, I know there had to be some people out there sharing our pain. Scott, let's find out who got robbed in the Friday edition of Call the Cops. All right, let's get it rocking, shall we? We're going to take a look first in the NFL. And if you had the Giants on the money line, as you should, with a low spread like that, very good. You're in great shape. Uh, they led by two points, five seconds left. Washington comes in, misses the field goal wide right and a lot of you may have been like me who immediately turned the TV off when that happened. <laughs> I I did not see the actual end of that game. Look out the Giants were off sides, of course. Do you ever see him miss the second one Scott? Is there ever been in the history of the NFL have they ever missed the second field goal after they get the uh, the the uh, the penalty to give them a, another shot?
1: I might be underselling it, but I'm assuming the kicker is about 98% of the
0: second. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's uh and he was absolutely nails as the uh, football team won that one 30-29. to 29. They didn't cover, of course, so they're dead to me. But that was an absolutely brutal beat if you had the Giants on the money line. Sorry, guys.
1: And looking at, unfortunately, a play that we both had Oof. on the farm, Ohio and Louisiana under 57 and a half. 42 points heading into the fourth quarter. By the way, there was a touchdown at the buzzer to end the first half, so that's a separate story. But you have 56 points with less than two minutes left backups are in it's mop-up time Louisiana though has fourth and 10 with the backup quarterback in completes a dart for about 20 something yards by the way we're at 50
0: we're at 56 did you say that yeah we're at 56 I said
1: that but just to reiterate so any score we lose but Louisiana converts with a backup quarterback and you think all right minute to go kneel down
0: kneel (laughs) down get
1: out of there you know maybe a drop the middle with the backup running back and Louisiana is sprinting like it's the two-minute drill at the end of a half with the backups in, running to the line, actually calling plays. Next play, they throw it. Touchdown, 48 seconds left. Game ends up landing at 63. We lost on a team that was up by 28, running no huddle with less than two minutes to go. Converted a fourth and ten, and then threw another pass with the backup quarterback for a touchdown.
0: It was—I'll it, tell you what—it was like Scott. It was like that coastal game in the first in the first weekend. I don't think I don't think you were on a side there, but I was on, I was on the wrong side of that. And they had the same thing last. I, I was at dinner,
1: so I know that you had to sweat through that. I didn't have to, but
0: yeah, no, that was where they were uh, they were playing the Citadel, and I I, I had the Citadel plus thirty five, and they're up thirty one with. You know, under two minutes left. And they're running hurry up, throwing deep through through like a 30-yard bomb with the backup, the third string quarterback. And yeah, running hurry up and everything, and ended up scoring the touchdown and, and beating the number. So Scott, with the proliferation of sports betting, any chance do these guys have any action? I'm gonna assume no,
1: but I think that some coaches are aware what the spread is.
0: Do you, and do you think they do that to make their fans happy? You figure they think their fans are on one side of the number or the other, and they do that for the betting fans?
1: The truth is no. I'm actually curious how many ADs are old-fashioned and maybe aren't really into gambling. Right. But isn't that a decent excuse to get a contract extension if you show them your record against the spread? And you say, listen, we might be 5-30 but I'm like eighty percent against the number, so I'm really maximizing the talent here. You don't I, think that has like you? You don't think that could actually be a persuasive argument?
0: I think Teddy Bridgewater's listening right now and writing it all down. I think that's
1: why he wins every road game. Or he, he covers every road. He's game. a
0: monster against the number.
1: And abs- do you think that would actually have some weight in a job interview? If you just say, "Well, I'm projected to lose this game by twenty. I lost it by ten, so you'd be downgrading getting rid of me."
0: Absolutely not. I think, I don't think it I, would. I think it's I a great idea. I think it makes sense. I, dig- I agree. I agree. He's he's. We signed him to an, we signed him to a multi year deal. No, he doesn't win, but he covers a lot.
1: Great teams cover. Good teams win. So we got ourselves a great team. We're zero nine, but we're we're frisky.
0: That's right. Do you that's do you think it'll ever we'll ever talk about teams that way? It'll become so commonplace that we just that's just part of the conversation.
1: Realistically, you would need gambling legal in at least forty to all fifty states for that to actually happen. But right. I do think some coaches are aware of what the spread is. Does that impact the decision-making? I'm not accusing anyone of being Pete Rose in college football, but I do think that based on the society we live in today, you can find really, really easily what the spread is.
0: That is two very unusual situations. That that game last night with Louisiana, that's very unusual. And the game with Coastal earlier in the year, very unusual. Those are situations where normally – You've got a gigantic lead. You're just running the ball. You're kneeling down. You're calling it a night. You're going home. So, And
1: usually you'll score anyway if you get a, a running back who breaks it. But you're throwing passes with a minute to go. That's where it gets a little bit
0: dicey. Let me ask you this, Scott. Do you think we'd be nearly as salty as if we were on the other side of that? <laughs> if, uh, if, truth if, is, if we had them to be the big I, number and they're driving down the field.
1: I, well, I think you know even if I win bets, I will try to be as unbiased as possible. right. I would come on air and say I got really lucky because Louisiana also had the spread.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree. All right. So food for thought. I'm, you know, certainly not pointing any fingers in our little our little schmo show that we do here. It's just it's just a little bit interesting. So, all right, Scott. Well, you got, we got got one that's going to bum me out in the next segment, so I'm going to bum you out in this one. You had the Yankees on the money line against the Orioles. I don't even know. What was the number there, Scott? It had to be massive.
1: Oh, uh, like minus 250, I think. Uh, there you
0: go. So, if you had the Yankees on the money line, you're out there laying 250. Well, you were in great shape going into the ninth inning. Scott, they got their closer back. Are they bring in Chapman for this one? No. Uh, Chapman pitched
1: three days in a row. They did not go to Chapman. Uh,
0: not good. Two outs, two strikes, bottom of the ninth. Who's pitching?
1: You had Clay Holmes in the game.
0: I'm sorry? Clay, Clay Holmes. Hmm, Clay Holmes. That sounds like a recipe for disaster when it rains. Well, it was because it was raining. <laughs> was it really? Yeah, it was raining. Nice. So, Clay Holmes, Scott. Instead of getting that third strike with two outs and ending the game and giving the Yankees a little bit of hope, through a wild pitch. Tying run scores, Orioles take it into extras. They win it three to two. If you have the Yankees on the money line, you're out a lot of money, and you can call the cops.
1: Definitely a disappointing way to finish the Baltimore series. Yankees are hanging in there, kinda, but they're really punching themselves in the face every time they're supposed to do something.
0: Half game back, man. That's yep. brutal. Just brutal. All right, Scott. Well, the opposite is the people that were sitting in the good position. They had a nice, easy victory. Didn't have to sweat it at all. Of course, you know who you are because you spent the night in the rocking chair.
1: So the first one was in baseball. If you had the Reds and Pirates under eight, you had one run in the seventh inning. You had no runs in the other eight innings, and the Reds won one to nothing.
0: Big win for the Redlegs, a game that they I don't know if they had to have it, but they have certainly uh, they needed to get things turned around in the right direction. If you had the Cubs-Phillies over nine, you're in great shape. Cubs scored seven runs in the third. The Phillies said, hold my beer. They came out and scored seven runs in the fourth. The Phillies, they don't stop like the Cubs did. They kept on scoring. They ended up winning that one 17-8. Could have used one of those runs in the Royals game, my huh, buddy?
1: I definitely could use one of those in the Royals game. If
0: you yeah. had the over 24 in the Cubs-Phillies games, congratulations, you were in the rocking chair.
1: And the last one was the Astros on the run line against the Rangers, led 7 to nothing in the fourth inning, One twelve to one
0: Oh, did you take it out? Which one? You took it out. You, I don't even know what you're talking you about. Had the, you, you, were gonna, you said you were going to do the Giants. Oh, <laughs> I thought about it, uh, but then I...
1: But we were saving that for oddsmakers were drunk.
0: Okay. All right. Good enough. That's right. Oh, yeah, that's right. There's still more roasting coming. All right. So, Scott, we had some discussion about this uh, next award. But it
1: really wasn't much of a discussion. Well, we just matter- need
0: we had the right people. We just need to know where to slot them.
1: Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. Both players are on the same team. We just had to picture what order we wanted to put it in.
0: Yeah, and if you if you're sitting at home and you're like, I'd really those were switched. You can do that. We'd be okay yeah, with that. I'm
1: sure you know who we're gonna talk about, but we're we're still gonna do it.
0: All right, here we go. So let's find out who got the award. Who's gonna wear the golden feed bag for the entire weekend, Scott? Because it's the Friday award. They're forced to wear it the entire weekend, as we reveal the TGIF donkey of the day. All right, which one you want to do?
1: I'll do the donkey. Okay. I actually saw the game end.
0: Okay. (laughs) Very good.
1: Yeah. For the NFL, we're going back to it. You know where we're going, but we got to do it. Giants defensive lineman, Dexter Lawrence. Now he was a first round pick out of Clemson. I'm sure some of you remember him. He was the guy who went off sides on the missed field goal attempt at the buzzer, which Washington missed. And of course, since he went off sides, Washington got another chance that was closer and the giants, unfortunately were not able to dodge that bullet twice as Hopkins made it on the second try and Washington won the game. So Dexter Lawrence as a defensive tackle, it wasn't even a guy trying to come around the edge it was a guy who flinched right in front of the center, went off sides, and he basically costed his team
0: the game. Brutal. Just absolutely brutal. Scott, remind me again, what's Joe Judge's background? Where's he come from? I believe he was a special teams coordinator special, in New England. Special teams coordinator. Hmm, you'd think you'd have their special teams in a little better shape. Anyway, I'm just saying. All right, quick reminder, you guys, that you are listening to Winners and Winners Radio. Give us an hour, and we'll give you the winners. So Scott, the other award here is uh, one that we don't do every day, but there's certainly uh, it certainly deserves today. Let's find out, Scott. You know, you know what your parents used to say. Probably they probably still do say it to you, Scott. I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. So in that same game, Scott, late in the fourth quarter. Daniel Jones, the must be leagu- the much-beleaguered Daniel Jones, had a pretty good night, by the way, saved his best pass for the la- for last. Darius Slayton gets wide open on blown coverage by the football team. And Daniel Jones put it where, Scott? Right on the money, right in his hands. Bloop. No catch. No touchdown. There's a field goal. Hey, you think they could have used those four extra points? Hmm, seems like they might have been able to, Scott. I'm not mad, Darius Slayton. I'm just disappointed.
1: Definitely a backbreaker. Of course, the Giants were still in position. You could have made an argument if Washington would have won the, uh, lost the game. Heineke for that interception about two minutes to go, but they ended up winning the game anyway. That interception was so brutal, and now no one's going to remember it.
0: He'd been making great decisions throughout the entire game, Scott. I like I this game. I can't kid. believe they threw it on second down. He's elusive. He, 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 I don't understand it. Well, and, I've been talking about it. I like Heineke. I think he's pretty good. Yeah, we talked about that, and I, that was one of my reasons for taking the football team is I didn't think there'd be much of a drop-off between Fitzpatrick and Heineke, and well, I don't think Well, the truth is there, there wasn't. Is. The reason no. why you
1: lost was because Washington's defense couldn't get a stop against Horrific. Daniel
0: Jones. Horrific. What the hell? The and, offense was good. It was the
1: defense that just let Daniel Jones complete, uh, complete like what seventy five percent of his passes. Yeah, time.
0: I mean you look at the, you look at the stat line and you see ninety five rushing yards. I know ninety five. I, I know, I know. Well, and you look at you look at the stat line, and you see that the football team had four sacks. I, I can't remember any of them. It seemed I think like there were three of them were in the first half. It seemed like he had all night to throw the ball. They just they just set him up in the pocket. If he had to step up, he would he could step up. He had plenty of room, a clean pocket to step into his passes. Brutal. A team that you expect is going to be there on the defensive side, absolutely let you down. You know, if you'd have told me, Scott, before I make this bet, I'm gonna lay Washington minus three and a half, and they're gonna put 30 on the board.
1: You're cashing that what you'd assume 99% of the
0: time. I'd have bet a lot more money on it if you'd have given me that piece of information before the game started. I, said, I like, got a
1: question for you about that game, though, since we're going to transition now into our thoughts on the game. How many times does a team need to run a, run, a read option for you to actually stay with the quarterback for once?
0: You know, which which game are you talking about?
1: College, I'll give him a pass. Okay. Ohio's defense stinks. Washington is supposed to be a top five defense in the league. Jones has a 60 yard touchdown that gets called back, but they ran the same read option maybe seven times and they probably picked up about 12 yards per play.
0: Yeah. Well, for starters, the read option in the NFL really shouldn't work all that often. Those guys, those guys are too athletic. They're too smart.
1: But yet Jones is not even, there's nobody even there. There's No. no containment.
0: No, it's just, and you know, he runs. You know he's going to run the
1: ball. It's not a surprise. Barkley can't move. He had one carry for 40-something yards. He did nothing else besides that. I'm okay with letting Barkley run on the inside.
0: I don't know, man. I
1: don't – By the way, this might sound like a weird strategy, but I mentioned this on Twitter, and some people agreed with me. If the other team's running a read option, why don't you just de the quarterback every time? Yeah, I've, it's a free shot at the quarterback. I
0: agree. I've always wondered about that when the when the quarterback is uh, you know, running running the fake or, or handing off and then f- and running with the ball like he's still got it. Why, I, why don't you just plow him? A read oh, option. my God. Like, he's just, you can actually he's just really good at
1: the fake. Yeah, you can just go. With, what are they going to do? They're going to penalize you for hitting the guy with the ball as a runner? Right. No, I, I figured at some point, even if Jones hands it off to Barkley, Barkley picks up 12 yards. You think that they're going to keep running the read option when Chase Young absolutely levels Daniel Jones? Absolutely not. They're not going to call it. And
0: let's be honest, even if they do, is that okay? Can you sacrifice 15 yards there for them never running that play for the rest of the night?
1: That play killed them. I know. Yeah, I think that that makes sense. But I know Chase Young got a a rough in the passer call in the first half, which was a little bit dicey, but, you know, the NFL has gone – Pretty soft with the guards are rough in the passer. Ten play. I just don't know how if you have a mobile quarterback and you know they're going to run that play, why do you just not absolutely have one guy in containment slam the quarterback every time they run that play? It's a legal hit.
0: Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. I, I, it I've, doesn't make any sense to me. I've thought that for years, my friend. I have wondered that longer than you've been alive. Why they is that like do a gentleman's that. agreement between the coaches? Like, I don't. I don't think so.
1: I. I don't think so either. I just think nobody ever thought about it, but. Seriously, read option, whether he keeps it or not, you can hit the quarterback.
0: Yeah, the quarterback is trying to pull off a fake. He's trying to, if he hands off the ball, he's still going to continue the play like he's got it. Just level him and say, my God, he's really good at faking. I he had me mm-hmm. fooled. Yep, I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, I don't know. Again, they should put, put us in charge.
1: Yeah, you sacrifice five yards and a halfback dive to injure, to uh, not injure, but to let the quarterback and the offensive coordinator know You keep doing that, this quarterback's not going to be around for that much longer.
0: Yeah, yeah, we're going to find out who the we're going to find out who the backup is. Mm -hmm. All right, bud. Well, that's uh, another one in the books. It's just it's weird. We've been we've you know had a really good last couple weeks, but I'm not used to this many close primetime games in the NFL
1: had three primetime games, all of them have been really good. Yeah. Or not? Or, uh, was it three? I've uh, oh, we've had well, four. You've Th- had four. One was awful. The other three were good.
0: Well, it was the Sunday the Sunday night game was bad, right? The Rams, yeah, Bears, yeah, yeah. One was awful. Yeah. But the
1: Cowboys game was good. Yep. The Raiders game was good, and the Giants game was good. Yeah,
0: yeah, very solid. It's uh, it's kind of unusual for the NFL to put up a solid product like that for that long. Yep. Especially after last boy. Last year's games, so those Thursday games. Holy mackerel, did we It wasn't see just some...
1: last year, it's been the last like five years.
0: Well, we, this last it just seems like last year especially, maybe in the year before as well. Saw some real dogs. So mm-hmm. all right. So let's do it. This is the one uh we had to we had to do it. The odds makers were drunk, Scott. Let's find out exactly why, shall we? So,
1: you want to do the honors or oh, should no. I? no, go ahead. I'll do it. Okay. So the total in this NFL game between the Giants and the football team was 41 and a half. And you might be thinking, you know, Giants offense, Daniel Jones, not very good at quarterback Washington defense. I heard that unit was pretty good. However, the Giants did allow Teddy Bridgewater to absolutely torch that unit last week. You figured Washington probably was going to score 24 points, maybe more. So this total seemed a bit low. Can I interest you in 59 points in the entire game, 37 points through the first three quarters?
0: Unbelievable, unbelievable. And I was in—that's it. I was on the wrong. I was on the wrong side of that. I thought that was going to be. Well, you g-
1: assume Washington's defense would do something. I thought
0: it was going to be a game where the, the Giants had to just scrape and scrap for every single yard. I, I, I thought
1: didn't. Washington would do basically whatever it wanted. Yeah. So I thought Washington was going to put up 24 to 27. I didn't think the Giants would get to the get to twenty. play that much.
0: No, no, totally agree. So yeah, that was uh, and you know, in fairness, over money came in at the last minute, and that because I actually had it capped at forty and a half, and over money hit it during the day and drove that number up to forty one and a half. Didn't matter, uh, and I'm I'm gonna guess Vegas took a pretty big beat on that as well, huh? I'm
1: assuming so. An NFL game with a total of 40 and a half, you're going to have people blindly betting the over every time.
0: Yeah, uh, You know, and I, I just, I hate donkey plays like that. I just, you know. It's, but you know,
1: that's true. Some people are going to look at it oh, I know. and go, I know. everyone
0: loves the under, I got to take the over. And
1: I'm sure a lot of people ended up doing that at the end.
0: Yeah, and I, you know, on the other hand, I'm trying to outsmart them, you know, because I think they're trying to give us the old okey-doke there. And uh, yeah, not the case at all. Not the case at all. I was just looking to see. Um, I was just curious how many punts, how many punts they had. They had seven. Yeah, okay, they had seven punts total. God, sure didn't seem like it did it.
1: Probably in the first half.
0: (laughs) Everything happened in the first. You know what? And you know what it was. I was watching the game, and watch and uh, the Giants just marched right down the field. I went, okay, I need to turn this off.
1: Well, I had work to do, so I watched the first half, or I'd say the first quarter and a half. Nothing really happened, and I just thought, all right, cool. I got work to do. Whatever. I turned it back, I missed like forty points. I'm like what what happened in this game
0: nice well that was oh so I know who to blame then it's your fault
1: no it already went over once i oh because I stopped watching yeah, Yeah. Oh, whatever exactly I was trying to get I was trying to get that bread all
0: right well, you trying to get that bread yeah very good, so my nose is still running by the way it's un unbelievable. I'm still I'm still like hitting the hitting the mute button when you talk and still blowing my nose people people watching on youtube will, will know that people on the radio will not but Unbelievable! Highly recommend my ghost my ghost chili hash browns, Scott. Delicious. Okay, uh, so you're like stop talking about it, old man.
1: I mean, I'll I'll try it. But <laughs> I do like I do like a
0: good set of hash browns. <laughs> All right, so a lot of second a lot of second chance quarterbacks. Scott had big days on Sunday. Got uh, Tyrod Taylor, or I guess is they're called Tyrod now, right? Uh, yes. Been Tyrod.
1: I still say Tyrod, force of habit. Everybody
0: does, but yeah, it's Tyrod, apparently. Sam Darnold, Jameis Winston, Matt Stafford, Teddy Bridgewater all had very, very solid days. So of that group, Scott, who has the best chance to continue their individual success and who has the best chance to lead their team to a little bit of success this year?
1: I think it's the same answer for both. I'm going Stafford. It's really a two-horse race for me. It's either Stafford or Winston. Bridgewater looked really good. Having said that, you're in a division with Kansas City and Los Angeles. That's pretty tough. Now, you're looking at Stafford, and I know that sounds hypocritical because they're in the toughest division in the entire league in the NFC West. Arizona looked good. I'm going to wait and see if Kingsbury's team doesn't implode again down the stretch because they always do. The 49ers had problems. And I know that they ended up winning the game and they were blowing him out. You ended up losing one of your best linebackers. You're. Basically, your number one or number two corner. You lost your star running back, and I know Mitchell was good in replacement. But the Niners got problems, and the Rams that that might just be a really, really good team.
0: Very, very possible. You know, it seems like it seems like we just saw this Niners show last year, Scott. Didn't we? Didn't we just? Didn't we just see this?
1: Well, we did. But then the linebacker who had the pick six in Week One was also ruled out in the afternoon yesterday. So they lost even more people than we thought they did.
0: Brutal. Just, just absolutely brutal. I don't know if
1: you agree with me or if I'm panicking on the on the Niners, but if you were relying on the defense to look competent, the offense looked pretty good. I'll give them that. But you just lost so many guys, and it's only week one. Right. That's a problem.
0: Yeah, and it was the, it was the same problem they had last year. They they finally got all their talent back. They got everybody healthy. And they went
1: to MetLife, and basically the entire team died in the span of two weeks.
0: In fairness, it's it's entirely different guys than got hurt last year, so that's something.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I don't know if you agree 49ers assuming Arizona doesn't implode that team might be the worst team in the division now solely because of the amount of talent they lost
0: so you're saying they may go worst to worst
1: I'm saying they might I'm still waiting on Arizona to see if Kingsbury can keep it together for more than a month because that's usually what Arizona does I just really like this Rams team the defense is good Stafford's much better than Goff we all know that if there was ever a, I'd say a cap on the on the potential of this team with Goff, they definitely have raised that level with a new quarterback that's more talented.
0: Yeah, I agree. I, I agree with that. Rams did look very good. Of course, you know, I was really high on this Cardinals team uh, when we did our previews. I know you weren't, mm-hmm. you weren't quite as convinced.
1: I wasn't, but Chandler Jones is going to do Chandler Jones things and take over a game by himself.
0: Well, and you've got – still, you've got a, a hell of an offense with, with – Oh, the offense I know is great. With it Hopkins just and usually Murray and all falls
1: that. apart in the colder months.
0: Well, I, I think that you, you think bringing in J.J. Watt has helped free up Jones.
1: I think it has because they can now maybe stop fully double teaming. I'm still not sure if Watt's going to stay healthy or if he's going to produce in terms of sacks. Right, but he's already producing by being a distraction. Yeah, for I've, other teams to worry about, of course.
0: Yeah, absolutely. If, when you've got somebody on the other side that's going to that's going to take up bandwidth, it's absolutely going to free up guys. No, no, I was
1: looking at Chandler Jones to win Defensive Player of the Year. I saw eight to one. He has he had five sacks week one. I think he'll probably finish with 20. I I, I like that bet at 8-1. to one.
0: Okay. Well, that's and those, those are a couple of bold predictions right there. Um, your mileage may vary, by the way.
1: It might. I might find better than 8-1. to one, But when I was looking briefly, uh, then again, when it comes to the other people, Winston was very good week one. Having said that, New Orleans might be good. Lattimore is now injured. He had about 150 passing yards and five passing touchdowns. That's a bit of an anomaly.
0: Fair enough. All right, we're going to be back with the second half of our show right after this. Stay tuned, everybody. All right, everybody, welcome back to the second half of Winners and Winers Radio. Give us an hour, and we'll give you the winners. Well, Scott, my old buddy Sal Perez hit his 45th home run for the Royals yesterday. By the way, what did we give that advice about a week ago? We started taking Perez at... So, Scott, last time we were out in Vegas, every time we were trying to have a nice meal, what is the number one question you kept hearing whenever we were at dinner?
1: Are you going to finish that? What? Appetizers, entrees, sides. You're always asking if I was going to finish what I was eating.
0: Okay. Hey, in my defense, you eat slower than a turtle on Xanax. But, okay, let me make the question a little easier. What's the number one question you would get from people when you tell them you work for Winners and Winners?
1: It's winners and winners.
0: exactly so what do you tell them
1: i tell them that it is the place to go for your sports betting needs they have breakdowns in every single game in a variety of sports basketball football college football we know that's coming up it's been really a great opportunity to just get better at sports betting and they give you all the opinions that you need
0: yeah see and the thing i like about it is the fact that they don't just inundate you with numbers that have no context you know you go to some places and they just throw numbers 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 but they don't tell you what they mean, and you just kind of your eyes glaze over. But these guys, not only do they use those same numbers and put them in context, but they're fantastic writers. They're great handicappers. You mentioned college football coming up. That's my favorite time to use Winners and Winners because they do every FBS game every single week. It is a fantastic sight. Scott, what's the best part about Winners and Winners?
1: It's absolutely free to use.
0: That's right. It is absolutely free to use. Winnersandwiners.com. You absolutely have to check it out. You need to make this site part of your daily handicapping regimen. If you are not doing it, you are absolutely leaving money on the table. So, see? That wasn't that hard at all, right?
1: Sure. You're still getting none of my fries.
0: What? I, I didn't. I didn't say a word. I saw you looking at them. Seriously, dude, it's it's been like an hour. If you're not going to eat them. them... Oh, man, that's brutal. All right, fine. Seriously, though, com. Go there or be square. Take a home run every day, I'm roughly 2 to 1, 2.20, something like that. Whenever we did it,
1: it's probably seventy-five percent.
0: Yeah, I think he's. I think I think he's hit home runs in four of the six games since we said that. So could be. You'd be dramatically up. He is absolutely cranking the ball right now. He is a streaky hitter, and this is one of the best streaks that he has ever been on. So, um, it's tied for the major league lead in home runs with forty-five. Leads the majors in RBIs. Not even whispered about as a possible MVP uh, candidate. Is that wrong? Should he did he should he should get more recognition for maybe putting up one of the um, best seasons that we've seen from a catcher in a while?
1: I think he should. I think the issue that you run into is the fact that you have two other candidates who are having just all-time years. Right. Because Guerrero Jr. has a shot at the Triple Crown, right. which isn't done that often, of course. <laughs> no. And Otani's having a season where he's in the same conversation as Babe Ruth. So that's not exactly something you see that often. Now, I know Otani's no longer pitching for the rest of the year, but I don't think Perez will have a shot to win. Having said that, I am curious if one voter might give him something just for recognition. Do you think he finishes top five? The truth is, I think, he should, I think he should finish third. Okay. Yeah, I agree. I'm trying to think of who else would even be in the running for the bronze medal here, but 45 home runs for a catcher? I mean, that's historic.
0: Well, it is historic. It tied the record, uh, Major League record for uh, for catchers.
1: And I'm assuming, not trying to jinx, at some point he's probably going to hit a 46th home run.
0: I would assume so. Yes, he he, so, t- he tied Johnny Bench's record yesterday yeah. for uh, home runs by a catcher who has caught at least 75 percent of the games for that. For uh, mm. so, yeah, it's it's really good, and he's having a fine season. I you can't. You, even even wearing my Royals blue-colored glasses, I cannot make a case that he should be anywhere closer than third.
1: I think any other year he'd probably be top two or maybe a winner. Sure. But when you, when you have somebody who's being called Babe Ruth Jr., right, and you have Guerrero Jr., who's putting up numbers that are all-time worthy for a single season of an MVP, right, you're going to be third fiddle, but it's a respectable third option.
0: Is it possible that Guerrero does what, by a lot of accounts, Cabrera should have done when he hit, uh, when he won the triple crown, which is finished second in the, you well, know, finished second in the MVP voting. He should have, he should have finished second to, to Mike Trout, but he didn't because he he he, uh, he had the triple crown. So if Vlad hits the triple, gets the triple crown, are they are they going to give him the MVP automatically?
1: I would say no, but I think it's a little bit ironic because we're in 2021 when batting average doesn't matter, right? At all, nobody cares. Nobody cares about RBI. Yet-
0: RBIs is another thing. That Correct.
1: Except apparently, unless he gets those three checkpoints for one for the each of the triple crowns, which apparently don't even matter anymore individually, then he unleashed something like Thanos and. I think it's a little weird. I think it's kind of odd how people have tried to deprioritize average and RBIs and yet they can determine if you win the MVP or not, but you got to make up your mind here.
0: Yeah, I agree. I I totally agree because it's all, it's all about, you know, on base percentage and and OPS right now. And of course, but but then you you go go deeper, you can go deeper than that. And
1: it's like, you want to curse out the, barbaric stats that people use during the regular season, except when there's an MVP candidate. Right. What are you talking about? How's
0: his F war, Scott? That's what we want to know.
1: That's what everyone cares about. I want to know <laughs> what the BABIP is.
0: Right. That's, you know, and the weird thing about it is, you know, everything is uh, all about on-base percentage, and, but you realize that when you hit a home run, it does not count as a ball in play.
1: Really? Yeah. Is that like Hawk when you hit the post? It's not a shot on goal?
0: Yeah. It's a very, very similar thing. It's like, wait a minute. What now? So Yeah, because it wasn't in play. Like, okay. So. Well, it
1: was in play. It just quickly went
0: out of <laughs> It was in play. You had to look up because it was in play for a minute, and then it wasn't. The only problem, mm-hmm. it wasn't in play. The guy wasn't tall enough. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's, I, it's, it is, it's closer than we thought it would be a month ago. Right?
1: Yeah. I think Guerrero's going to get more votes than I thought he was going to. It's also because Otani hasn't really done much for the last couple of weeks, but he hasn't needed to. I didn't realize Otani's batting average was in the two fifties.
0: I don't think it was. I, I think. Yeah, I'm saying
1: so. He's definitely been slumping a little bit, but right? I don't think it matters. I think he's done enough.
0: Now we said that. Now we said that in, back in August. We said doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what happens to Otani in September. I, st- I still don't think it. matters. I agree. I agree. But we're 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 wavering a bit. Not not a not a ton.
1: Well, the betting markets are wavering because what if he hits for the Triple Crown? A, he's currently not hitting for the Triple Crown, so you can keep trying to create theoretical situations. B, even if he wins the award, or even if he wins the Triple Crown, he's still not a guarantee to win the award. So you just acknowledged how far out he is if he needs these three pieces in order to even have a shot at it.
0: Right. Now, And you, and you brought up the pitching thing. So because part of what makes him such an attractive MVP candidate is the fact that he was having a, a very nice, solid season uh, on the mound.
1: Yeah, he's valuable both ways. Does
0: does that change the fact that he's going to miss his next or his last three starts, whatever? I'm
1: assuming that he started significantly more games than Vladimir Guerrero Jr.
0: At, on the mound? So no. Yeah, I would, so no. I would think so. I, think, I don't think that matters. Okay.
1: All right, very good. It would be good if to pad his stats, but he's already done enough. What's his ERA? Below three?
0: He's last fine. last time I checked, unless he unless yeah. he got blown up. So okay. All right. So you're saying he's fine? Uh, yeah. Okay. All right. So let's uh, let's talk a little NBA, a little hot stove NBA. That doesn't, doesn't really work when you're in the middle of summer, does it? I don't
1: even know if it counts as hot stove if it involves Denver, but we can talk <laughs> about it.
0: Aaron Gordon, they've been looking to sign an extension and they finally finally got it done. Four years, 92 million, Scott. That would be 23 mil per year. Uh, I don't even know how to ask this question. Is he is he worth that much money? I mean, in, in NBA terms, is he worth that much money?
1: I think in NBA terms now, in 2021, kind of, right because everyone's overpaid. I mean, you're talking about the likes of even the superstars, Westbrook and Curry and everybody. The ceiling used to be like 30-something million dollars. Now it's 50 something million dollars. So really every contract has been bloated regardless of whether you're a superstar or a role player. And we talk, we talk
0: some of these numbers. I'm sorry to interrupt, but when we talk about some of these numbers and contracts and you get guys where I'm like, that guy's still in the league. Yeah. He made $32 million last year. Like what? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So pretty
1: much. But so I don't think Gordon's overpaid based on today's standards. Having said that he was with Denver last year, they traded for him. I thought he was Okay offensively didn't really do much defensively. He was good, but the question is, do I think he's worth that much money for this Denver team? I don't think he puts them over the top. Now they were also missing Jamal Murray. So we'll see how they do when they're fully healthy, but Aaron Gordon offensively didn't really do much for this team. Even off ball. He was mostly their best defender and that was it right like i don't think he had any big moments offensively.
0: well but if you've got Jokic and you've and you've got uh gordon and you've got michael porter jr can't you don't you have the luxury of bringing a guy on board that's going to play tough defense i think you
1: can but i think the argument you have is that if gordon is not a great three-point shooter and he's not exactly a great jump shooter then what exactly is his role for you on offense well, that's is he just an offensive rebounder? Is that, that basically his role?
0: Yeah, that's 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 kind of the thing. He's a he's a he's a glass cleaner and he's a defender.
1: I'm just saying, if he's a glass cleaner who can defend, you're paying him twenty three million dollars. You should do a little bit more than that.
0: Yeah, maybe. I see. mean, you
1: basically just described PJ Tucker.
0: Okay. And what's PJ Tucker making? Like twelve. Oh, okay. I don't
1: and know. Of course, he's bigger than Tucker, but you know what I mean. You right. need to do a little bit more than just rebound and. Play some good defense because Gordon is also a bit undersized for a power forward. Is he a great rim protector? Not really. He's a great athlete. He can guard on the perimeter, but if your rim protection is undersized, Aaron Gordon and Jokic, you're not going to get many blocks.
0: No, that and that is a problem. That, that as good as Jokic is on the offensive side of the ball, he struggles. He's that, abysmal defense. That he struggles game. that much defensively. Yeah. So and even
1: Porter Jr., who's arguably the tallest guy in the starting lineup, he also can't defend.
0: Nope, not a defender. Never, never has been.
1: So, that's going to be an issue for rim protection.
0: Yeah, I I would I would agree. Um but I you know, I think they're going to play these. I think they've got I think they've got the hand they want. So,
1: uh, they're going to write it out and see what happens cuz they think Murray might be the piece, but I still think they're short. I don't think this team's beating the Lakers for example.
0: I don't know, Scott. At some point I mean, you know, Lakers
1: They you know. I get it. They have a lot of veterans with injury that's history, I know, saying. but
0: Well, they didn't they didn't do well last year.
1: Denver's just a team that for the last couple of years, even when they made the Western conference finals has never really wowed me. I don't know if it's Mike Malone. I don't know if it's something, but I still feel like they're missing something, you know?
0: Right. Well, maybe. so
1: I maybe it's just cause I don't think Murray's good enough as a number two option, but I don't know. I feel like that team going to be Western conference semis. Probably going to lose.
0: Well, that's, and that's been about their ceiling. Although didn't they sneak through to the final, they snuck through to the finals. Yeah, they made the Western Conference your, Finals and they last. lost the Lakers. Yeah.
1: But that was also because the Clippers blew a three one lead and they led every game by like double digits and they choked completely.
0: Well the Clippers blew a three one lead and Utah blew a three one lead. Uh correct. Yeah, they came back came back twice. All right, bud. Well, and we'll be we'll see uh how the NBA it'll be nice to have them start at a normal time this year, right? Yep. Should be. Back in October. So all right. Well, stay tuned for that because it's going to be. It should be a fun NBA season. I'm. I, I know. I'm looking forward to it.
1: We I do can have sense a... the
0: sarcasm from here. What's that? I can
1: sense the sarcasm from here.
0: I feel like the NBA, the way you feel about baseball, pretty good at it. Don't really enjoy it. And I, uh-huh. I, don't, I don't enjoy it as much as I enjoy the other sports. Well,
1: I've enjoyed it. Le- I've been profitable this year, but I enjoy it less because my team is painful to watch.
0: Oh, well. See, I don't have a team. I don't care.
1: Well, you do. The ceiling just was non-existent
0: but who's who's my team
1: for for baseball
0: no 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 for the NBA I'm
1: saying baseball I'm saying I'm low on it this year because the Yankees give me a heart attack every time I try to watch a game oh
0: yeah yeah and yeah they're trying to hang on by their thin by their fingernails to an underachieving wild card spot correct and without having the twins to play this year I don't know what they're going to do in the wild card round
1: you're just free rolling a Sal Perez home run record
0: that's it yeah, I'm, I'm yeah, that's watch- it, and that's all you need. I'm watching the kids play. I'm I'm getting a little glimpse of the future. Get they some, they some nice lose a the game. It. Oh,
1: it's okay. Get them next time. Yeah,
0: yeah, they, yeah. yeah. You see the score today. Like, oh, Royals lose. And Perez hit a home run. Yeah, okay. It's cool. been a
1: stressful past couple months for me and other Yankees fans. <laughs> it has. I just want it to end. Man.
0: Well, you know, you know who my two teams are. I've I've got Houston to win the American League, and I've got the Braves to win the East. I've got nice tickets on both of those. So the I do. Braves
1: might be in a little bit of a dogfight, but we'll see.
0: We'll see. Somebody's still got to want to catch him. That's the problem. Yep, that's true. So yeah, they're certainly playing bad enough to fall out of the lead. Uh, somebody's got to want the other side of that. So, mm-hmm. hey, we've got a couple college games tonight, bud. Are you excited? The way we uh, crushed that college game yesterday, I was thrilled to <laughs> see the backup
1: quarterback just torch our hopes and dreams. Um, <laughs> it was just brutal. Just
0: absolutely brutal. Okay, <laughs> so get to see a little good. We get to see some good quarterback play, Scott. Both of the both of these games, we should see some good quarterback play. From As, at least
1: one quarterback.
0: What? From it, for at least one side in each game. Yes. Oh no, we're not going to see good quarterbacks square off against each other. Oh, absolutely yeah. not. No, 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 no. Um, eh, you could make the case in the first game.
1: You know my thoughts on one of the other quarterbacks. Uh,
0: it, it's going to be uh, it's going to be uh, e- Central Florida against Louisville. Dylan Gabriel going against Malik Cunningham uh this one opened up seven and a half. Scott Louisville money coming in. What's that about? down to Back six In the o- home
1: team on Friday night
0: down to six and a half 69 and a half down to 67 and a half, which is making that's sort of a correlated line move there And that total, by the way, is all over the place. You can get a 68. you can get 66 and a half depending on where you go. So what's your feelings on this one?
1: team total over for UCF at the end of the day, Louisville. I'm not a fan of Cunningham. I never have been. Right, looked really good against a pretty much a fake team last week, but we saw them get shut out by Old Miss for a half. UCF. Did you say I'm talking? Did you
0: say a fake team? Wait, what? Did you say a fake team? Yeah, they played. Then they play an FCS team or something. Yeah, but they're a real team.
1: Yeah, you know what I mean. Fake team, non-FBS team, whatever. The point is. By the way, by-, by the way, before
0: I roast Scott, I want to remind you guys that you are listening to Winners and Winders Radio. Give us an hour, and we'll give you the roasting of Scott Rush.
1: Well, you you beat a, you beat a team that most people don't pay attention to by 27 points. Congratulations. Like I don't know, I don't know what you want me to tell you. You got shut up by for a half against Ole Miss. Okay. So I don't think this team's very good. I think that UCF has something brewing. I think Louisville's defense is not very good but then again I couldn't tell from the old miss game cuz half the players got ejected for targeting in the first half. See what happens and then people are going to always bet on the well-known program as an underdog at home on Friday night. Just the way it is, UCF's a Power 5, Louisville is I uh, sorry, UCF is a group of 5 and Louisville's a Power 5, so people are going to back the Power 5. The ACC stinks. We acknowledge this. The entire conference has been awful so far this season.
0: Uh, Not good. Not good. Usually it's usually it's the little sisters of the poor in Clemson. This year it just seems to be the little sisters of the poor.
1: Pretty much. And Louisville is one of those examples. Yeah. So I'm going with UCF. They beat a very good Boise team. They came from behind there. Mm-hmm. I know it's a road game, which might be tricky. Do you think they're going to stop Gabriel in that offense that often? Because I think the answer is n- And I think you UC- – because Cunningham – not exactly great at throwing the ball.
0: No, well, and here's the other thing: UCF for all the for all the pub that Dylan Gabriel gets, dude, they run the ball well. They're 15th yeah. in the country in rushing, averaging 255 yards per game. Now, you know,
1: defense isn't good, but neither is Louisville, so that's the, kind of a push.
0: The defense is the defense isn't great, although they did step up against Boise when they had to. But you know, I just I, I I'm with you. I I think that. uh. I think UCF has to take care of business here. They, uh, In a lot of ways, I see a lot of similarities between UCF and, and Ole Miss. And you?
1: Yeah, I think that's fair. You're going to assume that they're going to do whatever they want. They have a somewhat mobile quarterback, Corral, being, of course, more athletic. But they're going to throw the ball, air it out, and I don't see Louisville getting many stops.
0: And they're going to run fast, buddy. They're going to go fast. They, 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 they average 88 plays per game. That's fourth in the country. You know, Ole Miss, for as fast as, they, as you think they go, They just average 73 plays per game. So, If I
1: was looking at the under hypothetically, I would take a Louisville team total under instead of the actual, because if you think that Louisville is going to score 30 Mm -hmm. and this game's going under, you're just wrong.
0: Oh, no. Yeah, no way. No.
1: So I think that if you're going to assume it's going to be low scoring, you're assuming Louisville is going to be the team that has a hard time scoring.
0: Yes. Yes, I agree. Very good. And I w- I would think that if you want to play, if you wanted to play Louisville, if you want to play a correlated parlay with the over, that'd be the way to go there.
1: Because I think you make an argument for any team, but UCF and under makes a little bit more sense if you think the defense can actually step up. If you think Louisville's defense is awful and that they're still going to keep it close, then I agree with you.
0: See, here's what I worry about because so far, and again, you have to look at the level of competition that UCF played. They played Boise the first week, they played a throwaway the second week. But right now, they haven't allowed anything as far as a ground game goes. In fact, they allowed I think I think Boise put up less than a yard of carry, if I'm not mistaken.
1: I know it was hideous.
0: Because they're they're averaging they're they're giving up just .8 yards per carry. That's second. If you
1: contain Cunningham in the pocket, right, you win. That's oh yes. It. That's all you have to do. You just win the game.
0: If you turn if you turn this Louisville team one dimensional where UCF doesn't have to worry about the the run it's over. It's over. It's it's absolutely over. So all right, I'm a fan there. Um, in the nightcap, Scott, we've got two Power Five schools going at it in the Big Ten as the Maryland Turpins go on the road for the first time to see if they can keep their momentum going against the Illinois Fighting Illini. Scott, now the Fighting Illini do get Brandon Peters back. Is that enough to uh, convince you? No. Okay, good chat. I like Maryland
1: because Maryland's the better team and it's not even close. Sidkowski did a good job filling in for about a game, game and a half. He was okay against UTSA, but they lost the UTSA. And this team at the end of the day is not very good. And we knew that going in Maryland's a team that even though you can make the argument, the defense still has some holes, which is true. Tagovailoa is a good quarterback. I know that two was better. But this guy can actually sling the rock a little bit.
0: Yeah, I, so far, for me, he's one of the most improved players from 2020 to 2021.
1: I used to think he was terrible. And then I watched him play somewhat last year, and I realized he's actually pretty good.
0: Well, he wasn't great last year. He made, he made a lot of mistakes, but I think... No, but
1: I remember him in the Minnesota game. He had flashes at the end of the year where I saw some improvement. And then this year... He's just stepped upon that because he's been great.
0: Well, and you have to wonder how much the COVID practice schedule impacted those guys that are taking over the reins like that where they don't get a full year really in the system. The the season kind of comes up before they're really ready. So, yeah, I I, I really thought that he, he's been very good. So we'll see what happens. You know, Maryland beat a tough West Virginia team. Uh, Ta- uh, Talia threw for 332 against the Mountaineers but uh you know I, I i don't love their defense but i just i just don't think this illinois team can get much going
1: see i don't like their defense either but illinois regardless of who the quarterback is gave up 37 to utsa and 42 at uh they gave up 37 at home to utsa and 42 on the road to virginia so even if you don't like maryland's defense it's better than this illinois defense
0: Here's, and here's what scares me about this Illini defense: they are 122nd in the country out of 130 FBS schools against the pass. Two of those games have come against Nebraska and an FCS team. Tagovailoa is going to sling it. You got to think so. You, you got I got to. He might go for 400. I was going to say uh, if you, we can get a, we can get a game prop, and I know not all the books have the college game props, but you can get, if you can get a game prop on on his yardage, three, three thirty somewhere. in I'm going to
1: assume it's going to be somewhere between three. In 340, if I had to guess. Yeah,
0: so I, I would over all day long. I like the way. over
1: too. I think he's gonna have a big game.
0: I'm with you. Okay, should be fun. Um, and I know you're not going this, next week. You're going to Vegas, right?
1: Uh, yes, I you, will not be in town.
0: You're going for the big, the big fight. Have, uh, yeah,
1: I'm not. I'm not going for the UNLV game. I'll tell you that much.
0: You have your tickets already? Uh, yes. Where are you sitting?
1: Uh, that I'm not fully sure about, but S- second I, row. I got it. I gotta look at it again.
0: Would they clip you? Would you get 200? When would they clip me? Uh,
1: yeah, it was about, uh, 200, like 180 maybe. Okay.
0: Where's And where's it at?
1: Uh, it's in the T-Mobile
0: arena. Okay. That should be fun. Going out with, yeah. buddy, going out with buddies.
1: Uh, yeah. A couple of friends.
0: All right, cool. Uh, stay safe. Of course. That'll be, that'll be fun. So we'll be, we, w- so are we are we, are we gonna be- going
1: to the, I'm going to the wrong city to stay safe.
0: So we're going to be able to do our, we're going to do our NFL show from Vegas. You're going to, you're going to be in Vegas when we do our NFL show next week. That is correct. Okay. By the way, guys, this is our Friday show. Don't forget, for you podcast and video people, Scott Scott and I still do our NFL and our NCAA show that'll be coming up this weekend. So make sure you check those out as well, even though we're not going to be on the redidio. All right, buddy. Well, we are talking uh, football, of course. There's Still baseball going on, my friend, and it is a full Friday card. Last, what are we, last two weeks of the season? Starting up here? Yeah, yeah. At the uh, two weeks from this weekend, it'll all be over. Scott, is it? Is, are you heartbroken about that? Does it seem like it just got started? I'm absolutely thrilled.
1: The Yankees have put me through enough already. I just want to breathe. Make right. the playoffs, miss the playoffs. I don't care. I need a vacation. That's why I'm going to Vegas. Not because I enjoy gambling, because I need a break from the Yankees.
0: <laughs> Very good. You're gonna play a little poker while you're out there?
1: Uh sure. I'll play a little bit. Probably not as much as I used to. Just yeah. because I'll be busy watching all the sporting events and stuff like that. But yeah, it should be fun. Where are you staying? I'm staying. I'm sw- actually switching off. I'm at the uh, MGM Grand for one night, and I'm staying at the new resorts world.
0: Okay. You, you credit clippy clip on that weekend rate?
1: Uh, something like that. The comps, man, they're too powerful.
0: Right, you got comps?
1: Where do you have comps? Yeah, at? I got I got comps. From where? Uh, I know people. What? You don't know. Uh, I, I got some comps because I got some like that MGM uh, card or whatever. I got comps for that. And the resorts world, I didn't get counts for at least not that I know of. But I'll go. I'll stop by the Circa book. I'll see what all the fuss is about. I'm looking forward to it. Should be fun.
0: Okay, sounds like a blast. And definitely keep us posted there. So we've got some uh, big games between contenders. Scott, let's uh, start off with the Cincinnati Reds. The Cincinnati Reds trying to put a move on them. The Dodgers trying to put a move on the Gigantes. They are traveling to the Queen City. Walker Bueller goes for the Dodgers against Luis Castillo. For the Cincinnati Reds. Game opened up minus one sixty-six in favor of the Dodgers. Pretty much the money has uh come in on the LA Dodgers. And that line is now somewhere in the neighborhood of 175. Not a ton of money. Opened up at eight. Scott, Scott the total's gone up to eight and a half. You seeing a number going up in a Walker Bueller game. How unusual is that? Well,
1: it's in it's in Cincinnati. So of course, great American ballparks where something like that would happen. People are gonna be tempted to take Castillo just because of the price. I'm not. The Reds won one game against the Pirates. Congratulations. I'm really proud of you. But the Dodgers are another animal. Bueller's going for the Cy Young. Castillo, we wanna like a lot, but this year has been so up and down for him. I'm not gonna bother. Give me the Dodgers.
0: Yeah, he- just about the just about the time you think you've got him figured out. You're like Castillo, you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, Castillo. Um he, he just he goes the other way. You know, he yep. we wrote him off at the beginning of the season, and then he got really hot and was really good, and then he's kind of uh, kind of went back down the toilet, and he's now kind of been eh, eh, average his last few times. Now the nice thing about Castillo Scott, he keeps this Reds bullpen out of play. He's gone, he's gone at least six in his last six starts, and he's gone, he's gone seven in a couple of them. So I heard
1: Bueller does kind of the same thing.
0: He's gonna he's gonna give you some he's gonna give you some innings. Yeah, Bueller does. Bueller does do the same thing, but the problem is, um, you know, Bueller not been fantastic. He's decent his last his last start, but the time before that, he absolutely got blown up against San Francisco. So you just aren't going to overthink it. You're just gonna you're just gonna set it and forget it and take the Dodgers here.
1: I'm not taking the Reds if that's your question.
0: Okay, well that I mean that does seem to be the only other option, Scott.
1: I mean, not to play is the other option, but I, I can't back the Reds. This team is just this team's already been falling apart. They beat the pirate. The pirates one nothing. I'm not gonna overreact to it. This team's falling
0: apart. The only way to win is not to play the game. Thank you, Joshua. <laughs> yeah, Castillo's lost four straight starts. Hasn't pitched that badly, but the the Reds just aren't doing much for him. Seven and fifteen is his official record on the season. The team is t- ten and twenty in his starts. Uh, it's hard to lay a number here. You know what? I'll I'll, I'll 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 go the other side of that half run. Give me give me the under eight and a half in this one. All right, bud. Well, it is that time. It is our uh, last show of the week. We have put our heads together. We have come up with our favorite play that we want to share with you guys. The one if you had to put it all in the middle and bet it, this would be your play. Put on those overalls. Get on that tractor. Fire that bad boy up, folks. It's time for the Friday edition of Bet the Farm.
1: So, for the farm play, we're looking at baseball, and we like the Phillies' team total over... Four and a half at plus 125 on bet MGM against the Mets. Mets have allowed at least six runs in each of their last five games. Taiwan Walker is on the mound and he has been awful his last two outings. 10 in one third innings pitch, 9.58 ERA. Phillies have scored 36 runs over their last five games, including 17 runs yesterday. So the offense has Ooh, been wow. sharp and the Phillies have been giving Zach Wheeler a bunch of run support. The Phillies have scored at least six runs in each of Wheeler's last three starts. At the end of the day, the Phillies team has dialed in. The Mets pitching has been disastrous lately. We think four and a half at plus 125. We got to take that for value.
0: Yep, absolutely, absolutely correct. So that is going to be our bet the farm play. We really like that one loading up against the Mets. Nice play. So good luck to you guys on all your plays this weekend. We do appreciate you listening. Appreciate you watching. Don't forget to tell your friends. Check in with us often because we do this each and every day. So for myself and for Scott Reichel, You guys take care. Have a great weekend. We'll see you Monday on Winners and Winers Radio. Take care, everybody.